You are listening to episode number 355 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Vegas.com. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a -a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? Want to gamble? They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. So Vital Vegas breaks this a little while ago, uh, an internal memo from the link stating that the standard pour size for a cash and comp cocktail is now 0.75 ounces. Discuss. Hmm. Well, I well, okay. Do we assume that it was a one ounce or a one and a half ounce pour initially? Because it's all relative. Oh, I, I don't, I don't. Well, know. either way, I mean, to, for any cocktail that you're getting, you're not even getting a full ounce of alcohol. I think it's fucking ridiculous. I, I again don't disagree, but if they're going to downgrade, and all of a sudden now I'm drinking, and this is a great analogy, like like the the listener's mind's eye can can picture this. If it's one of those <laughs> stupid little uh, plastic cups that you would drink uh, oh, uh, right. sorbet punch out of at, at, at your middle school dance, right? Well, then three quarters of an ounce is going to be sufficient. Fine I mean, that, if they're yeah. going to give me a double tall where it's all diet and three quarters ounce of Bacardi, yeah. We're going to have to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm going to need to know to what extent are we um, well, giving me a three quarters of an ounce of rum to my diet. So, so what's the um, shoot, what's the name of that bar that's not rebar, but the other one that's sort of in the middle there that's kind of that weird triangle shape? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, damn it, Karen. It's because you're it's because you <laughs> asked. I asked. Yeah. None of us can remember, but they Catalyst. serve. Is it Catalyst? Yeah. They yeah, serve okay. their cocktails in, like, not solo plastic cups, but decent-sized plastic cups. Hmm. And so I'm thinking about one of those, and if I order, you know, a Moscow Mule in that size cup, and I'm only getting, I'm getting less than an ounce, no, I'm, I am going to be mad. So you're saying... Like- Especially if I'm paying for it. Comp, okay, if you want to limit the comp stuff... I get that. I mean, it's free. So beggars really can't be choosers. But if I'm paying for it, and it it says on there that cash or, does it say cash or comped? Yeah. So if I'm paying for the drink and the standard's only 0.75, that's a problem. See, this is where, you know, being primarily a beer drinker, I don't... It doesn't affect you. It doesn't really impact (laughs) you. Or or even the, the bourbon, drinking bourbon, it doesn't really impact me. I mean, the only way that that it would is if they decided to swap out what I asked for. And to be honest with you, I'm sampling brand name things, so they're not swapping that out. Right. Yeah. That's a fair point. Do you think that this is the first step towards eliminating comp drinks? Do you think this is what they're going for? Can you imagine if they got rid of comp drinks? That I mean, that honestly is one of the reasons why we went to Tunica as much as we did because it felt more like Vegas because they had comp it was drinks. Comp, yeah. Um, in Illinois, they didn't have comp drinks. Yeah, we didn't go. As, yeah, it wasn't we went fun. when we had to to keep our our tier status, and yeah. we couldn't get out to Vegas to keep our points alive. But yeah, I mean, it's a big difference if it's comped or not comped. Right. I don't know. I I think it's just, quite honestly, I think it's uh, El Dorado. And I still call them that because that's the company sure. at the bottom. Right. Um, I think sure. it's just them being cheap assholes. Trying to and I think money. this is a cost-cutting measure for them. Yeah. And, and they're I trying it at I, Link to see what's going to happen, what the reaction is going to be. 
that's absolutely fair. But to a certain extent, if you're again, going back to your your uh, example, Karen, that you gave about they serve it up in a solo cup, if you're only pouring in three quarters of an ounce and the rest of it is all some sort of soda pop drink that they're putting in there, I mean, haven't they effectively gone uh, uh, count free? I mean, it's interesting. That's interesting to me, Mark, that that. Scott saying that this is whether it's comped or paid for. That's really inter- that 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 I, I I don't get what they're going for. Like, oh, it's because the liquor gun. Yeah, it, it specifically says that the liquor gun. Like, if you use the liquor gun twice, you then have to ring it up twice. Huh. So That's... whatever their default button push, maybe it used to be one ounce, and now it's point seven five ounces. Right. And so if I if I you know walk up to buy a drink and complain that it doesn't taste like there's any alcohol in it because there isn't and ask well, for an yeah, extra shot. Why all I'm the paying drinks twice. at Link taste watered down, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Huh. All right. Well, let's let's monitor this. This is this is a concerning <laughs> matter, says the guy who's got nothing but a giant glass of bourbon in front of him. So we'll start the show. <laughs> He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. Nevada sports books lost $1 billion in 2020 thanks to the pandemic shutdown. That said, football set an all-time new record for wagers at $1.9 billion, and wagers made on mobile apps accounted for 57.1% of all wagers, which equates to $2.5 billion. Got that from the Review Journal. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool that they set a record while in a pandemic. Well, because I think with the the invention of the mobile apps and the, the rapid expansion of them, right. it makes it so much easier. As long as you're in whatever state, you know, with the app that you can bet in, then it's, it's way easier to do it on your phone than to have to go to a casino to place the bet. Right. Well, and... It, I don't know if you intended this to be the situation, Mark, but it's telling that Nevada sports books lost one billion, and that's with the letter B, like boy, one billion dollars in 2020 thanks to the shutdown and people being able to wager on, you know, on their on their apps. As more and more states are letting, you know, sports betting in particular come online, but casinos, generally speaking, I had a real nice actual uh, text conversation with, with Phil States this week about stuff that's starting to come online and the very generous uh, expected value or EV that's coming from folks who, you know, deposit $1,000 and will give you an additional $1,000 in free play added to your account. Now, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the fact that $1,000 is not something that most people, this guy in particular, is willing to dump into an online app. But the point being right. is, you know, Nevada's fighting tooth and nail or should be fighting tooth and nail for every gambling dollar. And so well, and I when think, I can, I, I think I'm sorry, finish your thought. Sorry. My, my only I, I, I hand of God, I'm getting to the mic. No, I, I shouldn't have say, interrupted. That was rude of me. I'm sorry. It's it's, you know, gambling is becoming easier and easier and easier to do not in Las Vegas. And so you mean to tell me that you're going to start making drinks, comp drinks or, or even paid for drinks of uh, three quarters of an ounce <laughs> when I could stay at home and I could pay for my drinks at home. And I say at home, you know, in Michigan right. on a, on whether I'm in Detroit at a commercial casino or, or, you know, around the state at Indian casinos and they're pouring way heavier than three quarters of an ounce. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, this Nevada needs Vegas in particular needs to be really, really careful about where they think cutting corners is going to be a good idea. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the real reason for the loss, the reason that they lost a billion dollars wasn't because people are betting other places. It's because there was no sports for people to bet on. If you think about it, the shutdown happened right before March madness last year, which is a huge sports betting event in Vegas. I mean, we've been here when it's March Madness and it is insane. So I think the bigger issue of why they lost wasn't so much that people are betting and, you know, it's opening up in other states, which I do think is a valid concern for the casinos if they don't have a casino in that state that their folks can, you know, use the app on. I really do think it was because all the sports got shut down. Hmm. 
So there wasn't as much for people to bet on. Your point's not lost on me, Karen. I will give you that. That is oh, that is true. You. That is true. <laughs> but now that things are slowly, very slowly starting to reopen. Oh, yeah. Uh, where's the incentive where to I mean, listen, I get it for sports ball folk. I bet you there's nothing cooler than to have that communal experience at a place like and I'm thinking of Caesars Palace in particular that has that beautiful uh sports ball area that you can sit in and, and it's all you and you know half of you is yelling and cheering when somebody has the touchdown and the other half is booing and whatnot that's a communal experience that you're probably more than willing to pay for to have that experience but for the the regular folk if you can just do that from from an app on your phone oh, yeah. where's the incentive to try to get out to vegas to make that bet because now you've got the opportunity that you didn't have before. I just and and again, I'll leave. I'll, I'll just state if I think to myself, I can either pour my drinks heavily <laughs> from my own home bar or even go to a local casino in my my neck of the woods or I can go out to Vegas and they're only going to give me a three quarter of an ounce pour. I mean, I just I yeah. don't understand that sometimes I feel and I've said this before, so I, I, I will quickly move on. But sometimes I feel like Vegas cuts off its nose despite its face. Well, and I, I do think that that's part of the reason why, you know, they're and I'm glad we're talking about it at Link because I want people to be aware, even if you're going to a Caesars property, maybe Link isn't the one you should be getting your cocktails at. Right. Sure. Right. Oh, I mean, with your dollars. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's we're we're huge capitalists from that standpoint. If I don't like something or I object to it. Yeah. It's a bummer, too, because it's Link and that's a place that I want to spend my money at. Yeah. So. Well, you just get a beer. If you, right. Like you said, if you get a Absolutely. beer, you don't have to worry yep. about it. Right. Excellent point. I, I, I'm not I, I prefer my cocktails over my beers. But in this instance, at Link, you, you learn to you learn to bob and weave. Exactly. So. Yeah. All right, I, I've got some thoughts on this, but talk to me about the Twit Pick of the Week. Aerial photos almost have an unfair advantage when it comes to Twit Pick of the Week. I have a predilection for seeing things inaccessible to the public at large. At Maverick Kelly lives in that place, capturing images that the rest of us don't normally get to see. Taking a ride in a helicopter is probably number one on my list of extracurricular activities to... Uh, curricular? Curricular. Curricular. <laughs> activities to do in Vegas. That said, extracurricular activities are usually pretty low on my list of things to do once I get my fix. That said, I continue to enjoy living vicariously. I said that said twice in a row, too. <laughs> yeah. It is a favorite expression of yours. It is. One of the things I like about the picture, it's kind of interesting. It's like this pink hue over everything, which probably means the sun's setting. Mm. Um, and it's one of those... If you If you haven't seen... A sunset in Vegas. They some of them are absolutely it looks like spectacular. The sun's coming up on the on the left, so it'd be rising. It looks like because it looks like it's darker on the right. Okay, well, whichever sunset or sunrise, they're all pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got captured by the picture again. <laughs> it, it's it's good enough that it could be one of the things that you hang up uh, in, really? your, in your house. I didn't think it was that good. I think it's pretty cool. Okay, well. Good thing we're running out of wall space. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you actually have to start picking and choosing, Mark. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you have a designated which, space to hang this stuff. You're running out of it. <laughs> which, by the way, for folks that aren't Patreon subscribers, you missed out on an awesome, and I mean awesome, conversation uh, between Mark, Karen, and Alistair at Cosmopolitan at the uh, barbershop and beer or barbershop and brews or whatever the the name of that place is right yeah at cosmopolitan yeah you guys you guys uh released some some video or some audio this week just you know you just turn on the recorder and the three of you are ordering drinks and ha you know talking about the ambiance and whatnot and i loved when mark said something along the lines of yeah you know what i so imagine then if you come in and, and there's karen's favorite slot machine and karen goes you have terrible interior design taste <laughs> or just some, like, like, it was, it was, it was so funny because you're like, that wasn't the point I was trying to make. I was just saying it'd be weird to walk into our house and right in the living room is a slot machine. And you say, I have good, terrible interior design taste. <laughs> no, because you have no wall space because everything is a twit pick of the week frame. <laughs> so, here are my thoughts on this particular twit pick of the week. 
my initial reaction was to say I didn't support this being the winner, but I should probably ask a clarification question before I make that statement. Do you believe that this picture was in any way enhanced or do you think that this is a straight up from a camera being taken from the side of a helicopter picture? Oh, I, I assume that it was that it was normal, that it wasn't enhanced. I mean, it could be. I mean, See, if the sun's that's going that up, pink, that pink hue to it just seems a little. That everything has got this. But I mean, pink ultimately, look. it still doesn't, still doesn't determine anything. You can have a, a touched-up photograph uh, be the winner. But no, oh, I mean, of course you can. You you, you literally single-handedly pick the winners. But <laughs> to me, this was too enhanced, in my opinion, to be the winner. I did not. Su- mm. I actually looked at this and went, oh. Uh, I, I don't I don't support this to be the winner at all. <laughs> and well, it's Mark's it's cares. Mark's podcast, and we're just living in it, so <laughs> it is the winner. My opinion in a quarter won't even get you a cup of coffee, so it doesn't matter. But I was like, well, this is way too enhanced. Like this has been doctored. It's this is not what it would look like if I were in the helicopter at this time looking out at the strip. It's just too. It's way too bright. That's not what it would look like. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Tony threw it on the gauntlet. I don't know. It's the best I got, kids. As always, we'll link this photo on our blog and feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as... Do you think sometimes when we fight about the, the Twit Pick of the Week, do you think that causes more people to go to the picture to actually look at it? Like, what if we were all like, oh, no, this is a great pick. We love it. This is awesome. Are people more inclined or less inclined to look at a twit pick of the week? Well, I, I when think we're they, all in agreement. I think they like to hear us arguing. Week. So my guess would be now they're going to be a little bit more intrigued going, huh, I wonder, I better go look at this. <laughs> See, it's called driving demand. <laughs> so you're going to be contrary will, just to just, just to, to be, keep just to be contrary just to, yeah, just to keep people right. coming. OK. Appreciate All the right, effort. So in case folks didn't know, you can find our uh, photos on Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, let's get into the news. I love this. I love this. I love this. We have a Pinball Hall of Fame update. Yeah, so we donated and we got a message back from the man himself. This man, or th- now this may be a canned response for all that I know, but, you know, it has some useful, useful information in it, so I thought that we would share. So after thanking us for donating, it went on to say, we're still looking to be able to start placing games on the floor sometime in February and open sometime before May 6th when our lease on Tropicana runs out. We are getting m- many more pinball machines ready, mostly older mechanical games from the 60s and 70s. These have been standing up on legs in the hit shed since the last fun night in 2004. We are also getting a bunch of large video games that we got from GameWorks, including Dance Dance Revolution, Star Wars Battle Pods, and Jurassic Park Sit Down. The BB gun machines for the Riverview Park in Chicago are coming out of the storage uh, same time, sometime Ooh. soon. Tim. Although I love those games. Yeah, I thought Tony would like the, uh, I, I can't remember if it was the Battle Pods or the Jurassic Park that, that you were talking about. So <laughs> I have a, so honestly, in this instance, with this, with what you had here in the script, the, it was the Jurassic Park sit down game that got me super geeked. I remember this game, you know, back in the early aughts. Um, it's not the Star Wars Battle Pods. I don't, I, 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 I'd love to be wrong. I don't think that's my old 80s game that I've referenced in the oh, past on the right. podcast. Yeah, probably not. Um, but still, is is this current? I mean, even today, you know, on, as we record this on February 5th, is, is is he still open? Like, could could I go in theory on like a Monday or a Tuesday to check it out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, the location on Flamingo is still open. On, oh, it's not on Flamingo. It's on Tropicana. Didn't he say about the... No. Oh, it is Tropicana. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry, my bad. Flamingo, Tropicana, whatever. Right, exactly. We know it's a casino named Road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super excited. I'm super excited. It, the, I'm, I, 
it's easy for me to say this. I always speak in the future tense, right? But I can't wait to uh, contribute to this guy. I, I'm looking forward to it. it, it I, I want him to be successful. I listened to the uh, quick plug for Scott and his, his Vital Vegas podcast. I listened to the interview that he did. He reached out to this Tim fellow uh, after this announcement came out. And the guy said, listen, I, I don't know how else to say this to you in, in no uncertain terms. Literally any dollar you give us, whether you do it online or you do it in person, he goes, it will 100% go towards this oh, wow. $200,000 number that we need. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's it's it, for that reason, I just I, I want the guy to be successful. Yeah, That's we got to make a point cool. to go there then. I agree. I agree. I agree. Battleborn pins are Disney quality enamel pins of vintage Vegas icons. The ever-expanding collection includes this week's featured pin, Vegas Vic. Vegas Vic, complete with waving arm, measures approximately two inches tall. The real 40-foot-tall sign was erected on the exterior of the Pioneer Club on Fremont Street in 1951. Modeled after the image used on a postcard by the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce in 1948, originally, not only did the sign's arms move, but every 15 minutes, it would say, Howdy, partner. The voice was turned off in 1966 for being a distraction, while the movie The Professionals was filming in Las Vegas. It returned in the 1980s, but was turned off again in 2006. Vic's arm stopped moving in 1991, and in 1984, several feet were cut off the brim of his hat so he could fit under the Fremont Street Experience canopy. Today, while no longer presiding over a casino, Vegas Vic is one of the most iconic signs in Vegas history. This collectible mini version will run you $12. 360 Vegas listeners can drop that price another 20% when they use the promo code 360. Just go to bbpins.bigcartel.com or go to our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for Battleborn Pin. All right. This is a great story. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. There was a uh, power outage at, uh, at Circa. This week, Circa had a temporary power outage lasting about three hours after a woman entered a secure fire control room and locked herself inside, then began disconnecting wires, which shut off the power to all of Circa Hotel, Casino, and Parking Garage. It all started with a woman staying at the property. She had been evicted from her room after walking around the hotel floors naked and going into rooms meant for employees only. Security believes the woman walked into the control room after being escorted out of the premises. The woman was found naked in a chair in the control room at Garage Mahal. She caused an estimated $5,000 in damage and has been charged with one felony count of theft of fire prevention device. Fun fact, the outage did not impact Vegas Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> this is just... Uh, I mean, this is Vegas. This is this is where where anytime like this story, you're like, oh, it's, it's Vegas. Well, I mean, and so Circa Security had talked to this woman three times before they escorted her off the property. So she, whatever she was on, was was had staying power. <laughs> and you know, and the fact that she's just walking around the hotel room or hotel floors naked, you know, walking into wherever heck she wanted to, it's just like. So was, I, I'm just, I'm trying to wonder, I wish I could ask somebody about this. I wonder if she was naked when they escorted her from the property. Yeah, I wondered that too. Or if she stripped her clothes off again. My guess is she stripped her clothes off again. I don't think really? they would have like just booted somebody out that was naked without putting something on them. Trying to put, yeah, but that yeah. could just be a blanket or something. Trying it could have been, it could have been, but she could have easily, I mean, they, they kicked out all of her, her belongings and stuff too. So, I mean, cause she, they removed her from the property. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that would make sense if they took her back to her room, if they removed her from the property, then they had to remove her belongings. So right. unless she didn't bring anything, like if she's just staying overnight or something. Well, she had a room. I mean, yeah, I mean, most likely she, she did. I mean, this was also during the week. But then uh, the, the other part of the story is, how the hell did she get into the control room where all this power source stuff is? I don't know. My guess is she grabbed an, a, a door handle and it opened. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, the article that I read said that they were still investigating how she got in it. I'm like, well, it was obviously open. Cause, right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's guess number one. But yeah, it's it's just insane that she d then just randomly started unplugging and disconnecting things. <laughs> you know, I, 
That's awesome. There's a lot. There's a uh, there's a scene in the old 1979 or 1981 movie Airplane, which is a, which is a, a, a riff on on the more serious like airplane movies from from the late 70s where the guy unplugs something and the whole uh, like airport goes black and he, and, and they cut back to him and he's holding this extension cord. He goes, Oops, sorry. And he plugs it back in. And the whole airport comes back. Like that's just, that's what in my head, that's, that's the mental image I had was this woman just being like, yoink, 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 yoink. And things just randomly shutting sorry, down. Like, right. It really concerns me that that's all that easy. circuit right. runs on. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, you wonder. So Christmas think, vacation, so we're right? just trying to figure out why the house won't light up. <laughs> well, think about it. So if you're if you're working in circa, you know, and all of a sudden this section goes out. And this bank of slots goes out, and then this overhead lights like half the half the TV screens in the sports book go out, and all of a sudden you're just sitting here going, "What the hell is going on?" Like you're not, everyone's on the radio. What what's happening? Where where could this possibly be coming from? Like I wonder how long it took them to figure out right. to go check this control room that's in the garage <laughs> mahal. It's not even on property; it's in the garage mahal. Like, it's just, I, I mean, it would have been so weird to be down there with that. And I do love the fact that Vegas Vicky just kept on, you know, she was still right, glowing yeah, and lighting the way. emergency lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Listen, worst case scenario, we all meet up in case of a fire. Right. We're going to meet up at the Vegas Vicky sign. <laughs> we're safe. Oh, my God. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> and finally... Oh, I've got a, I've got some fun thoughts on this. Talk to us about the Caesars Stadia Bar. Caesars is turning their food court into Caesars Stadia Bar, a $2.6 million renovation converting the 2,186 square feet uh, into a 120-seat bar and lounge. The space will feature five VIP domes wrapped in leather that will look like vintage leather helmets. It will feature hard liquors or hard to find liquors like <laughs> Kentucky Owl 10 Rye or 10 Year Rye and Pappy Van Winkle 13 Year Rye. And food uh, will be available to order via mobile devices. No details were disclosed on what food will be offered. Caesar's Forum Court. Yeah, Caesar's Forum Court originally opened in 2014. Didn't they just do a renovation of the food court? Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> Caesars. I saw the the pictures, the renderings of this. Um, it, I I think it. I di- I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. Want, I'm trying not to say anything that's just mean, but I don't. I don't get it. It looks like a bunch of big football helmets. Right. It's a very specific look that they're that they're going for. I it is. I, I, I respect that. Yeah. It it also does put into perspective that there was a time when these tiny little pieces of leather wrapped around people's heads were supposed to be considered safe for the purposes of playing football. Right. <laughs> As we discussed the you know I, you know the, the controversy over uh, concussions and whatnot. But so I, I hope that Scott do, doesn't mind. I'm going to somewhat out him. He he sent me a text message and he goes man, I've got some, I need some insight. I'm like, well, what's going on, Scott? He said, there's these, there's this, these whiskeys that are going to be available. <laughs> and I said, all right, what's up, man? He You're goes, like, yes. I want to know. What's that? You're like, yes, please. And I, I'm tell me more. <laughs> so he's asking me about these things. Now I am not familiar, at least as, as a rye. I'll, I'll be interested to see what actually comes out. I know Pappy Van Winkle. Um, I, I don't, I didn't know that they do a rye, although I'm not disputing this particular bit of information. Uh, he said to me, well, what do you think they're probably going to charge for stuff like this? And I said, well, for what it's worth, uh, I purchased an ounce and a half or what's commonly referred to as a, is a, is a cow and pour at SW Steakhouse at Wynn of the Johnny Walker blue. And they were charging $50 a shot oh, for a one and a half ounce pour. Wow. Now to put that in perspective, by and large in most places, certainly here in Michigan, I can, I can speak firsthand a traditional, 750 milliliter bottle or a fifth of of Johnny Walker Blue is going to retail for somewhere right around the $230 marker. So if wow. if uh, SW at Win is going to charge $50 for a one and a half ounce pour of a $230 bottle of 
you know, Johnny Walker Blue, you can kind of sort of figure out about what type of, um, you know, ounce for ounce or, or pour for pour as the case would be. They're going to charge for something like this uh, Kentucky Owl, Pappy Van Winkle. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it I, I, because one of the things that I said to Scott is these things are, and, and as Mark, you point out here, they really and truly are hard to find liquors and more times than not because they're so hard to find most of these distilleries put these sorts of bottles they they literally give them away to to charities and let charities auction them off because then uh, you know people will pay thousands of dollars because pappy van winkle only creates let's just say 100 bottles in any calendar year right and so people will pay thousands of dollars to get one bottle of this stuff wow. um, and it goes to charity. I don't know what the story is necessarily for this particular situation, but it's going to be pricey and it's going to be absolutely worth it. So I can't wait for this place to open up. Well, there you go. I'm going to pay whatever ridiculous prices they are. <laughs> all right. Well, then I'll, I'll go just to observe Tony enjoying all the craziness. How's that? <laughs> right. Actually, if I'm lucky, I can get uh, Phil States to purchase it and then I will show him what the Kentucky Chew is. So... <laughs> That does it for news. Uh, let's move into prop bets. For those of you that are unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. And I am confident that this one was given to me intentionally by Mark. <laughs> Garth Brooks concert at the Allegiant Stadium has been rescheduled from February 27th to July 10th of this year. All 65,000 plus tickets that have been sold will be honored for the new date. What if people can't in, make it to that date? I in random news, Tony's going to show up on January 10th <laughs> and get himself a ticket to go see Garth uh, at Allegiance. You mean July 10th? What'd I say? January. January. That would be weird if I could jump in my DeLorean and do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's exciting to see it rescheduled. There, there's... So do you think it's actually going to happen, kids? Do you really think that uh, concerts are going to be back and going, especially 65,000 people in an arena? That's that's the thing that has me concerned. I I hope so. Man, do I hope so. But that's what's got me concerned. Like 65,000 people by July? Uh, I don't know about that. That Yeah. I mean, and, and just trying to, how do you I, socially I was, distance? I was looking forward to us trying to get over 50% occupancy in yeah. some of these things. If we can get that by the by Vegas vacation, we're going to be set. We're going to have a great time. Well, supposedly, their Clark County commissioners are putting a plan forward to go to 50% yeah. around March 1st. I don't yeah, know if the governor is going to okay it, but fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the the social distancing and spacing on this, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it with 65,000 people, which is pretty much the capacity of the stadium, I think. Well, if it's a casino they've, or if it's um, a concert, they've obviously got field seats. Right. But, I mean, just the stadium itself, I feel like, is in the 65,000 range for the seats. So maybe part of how they're going to space it out if they've only sold 65,000 is, you know, some of them are, are going to be on the field. Some of them will be in the stadium seats. I think they were sold before the pandemic. So. Well, they were. Yeah. But they've got to have a plan. Right. Well, so my, okay. All right. So for what it's worth, I did a quick uh, Google search. I thought perhaps uh, he had more than one particular show. So maybe that 65,000 was divided all over two or maybe even three concerts. No. But as I'm looking online at Google, it does not appear as though that's the case. It looks it like that is show. truly for just one show. Yeah, it was. So I, I, I hope it will. I will be uh, cautiously optimistic. A domestic dispute at the Grand Bazaar shops turned violent when a man was stabbed in the neck by a woman in the Bally's Porkisher. The man was transported to the hospital where he is in stable condition. <laughs> my, my guess is he must have stepped in front of her in line at Blue Room and Chicken. <laughs> I'm ever, ever going to cut a bitch. <laughs> you know, and, and we had a really interesting conversation this week um, with uh, Michael um, from Travels Orc because he actually saw the Porkisher was completely blocked off with like eight cop cars and whatever. And, and it, he kind of referred it back to a question a lot of people have about, well, is, is Vegas safe? 
and you know if someone were to tweet a picture like that and try to sensationalize it and stuff and when you realize that this was a domestic dispute these people knew each other this was going to happen whether they were in Vegas or not (laughs) so uh, you know is Vegas safe yes Vegas is it's probably safer than most places given the number of police and the um, casino security that's around yeah it's fine the weekend is performing at T-Mobile Arena Saturday, April 23rd. Show starts at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $30 and go on sale February 8th. See, even that, I think, is uh, is ambitious. April? Well, but if they're just selling tickets, they can control where the tickets are and how they're spaced. That's fair. And I think they're also timing this because he's playing at the, um, he's the, the halftime show for the Super Bowl this weekend. Right, I guess so that. So the and tickets going on sale. All this isn't working out uh, according to the way that it used to work out, but unfortunately well, that's no. what happens when you're the performer during the pandemic Super Bowl. Halftime. Yeah, but no, I'm thinking it's, it's going to be good publicity for him doing the Super Bowl show because if you notice the tickets go on sale the next day so I think it's it's going to be a good like publicity push to get people to say hey I would go not only you know do I want to go back and see concerts again but hey I can go in April and see the weekend and have some idea of what I'm going to get I look forward to see which face shows up at the concert too because no nothing no No. that's good so apparently I saw something on on the interwebs the other day about uh, apparently he's maybe had some uh, plastic surgery done. Really? And the headline was, is is this the weekend? It was, I don't know if he actually had it on or maybe it was just some Botox shots, but mm. they did like a side-by-side of really? like a before and after. And I'm like, whoa. Huh. I hadn't heard that. Slowly starting to look like uh, Cher. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Clark <laughs> County Commission will consider renaming McCarran Airport after Senator Harry Reid of Nevada. The Las Vegas airport was or is currently named after former Senator Pat McCarran uh, in 1968 because he was an advocate for aviation. But the name is now considered uh, or excuse me. Now the name is being criticized for his own history of racism. I, you know, I'm a big, big fan. I, if you don't follow him, you absolutely should. Um, uh, Scott from Vital Vegas, his attorney, Mark. Razmataz or whatever the hell his last name is, yeah. is a prolific Twitterer. And one of the things that he posted out was, hey, I got a crazy idea. What if we just named the uh, airport Las Vegas International, <laughs> not name it after anybody, right. because in 20 years from now, we're going to find something offensive about that person. Right. And we'll, we'll have to go through the whole renaming process <laughs> yeah. all over again. And I thought that I support that. Right. I mean, and, and it's not like Harry Reid is a great guy just in general. No, he's, there's lots and lots of things about him oh, yeah. uh, that I think could easily have holes poked in for an argument of why he shouldn't be named. So why? why? Let him it's, let him put his own little airstrip down at, uh, is it Spotlight? Searchlight. Spotlight. Searchlight, Spotlight. Searchlight yeah, yeah. Nevada. He, and he can name that after himself since he owns all the property there. <laughs> there's a scene. Oh, this is so dirty. There's a scene from um, Family Guy where Quagmire says to Lois, so, uh, Lois, if I'd have known that this is what you meant when you asked me to come over and help you with a, uh, put a landing strip in here, I wouldn't have come over as quickly as I did. <laughs> and they're removing carpet from the, from the house. <laughs> I think he said if, uh, wait, if, if I'd have known what you meant when you said you wanted me to come tear up your carpet. That's, oh, yeah, that's what he said. Fair enough. All right. That's good enough. Airstrip made me think of it or landing strip made me think of it. So. <laughs> the, you had the right gist of it. Just exactly. Good, yes. We're all on the same. The scary part is we were all on the same page. Right. <laughs> we have only seen that show a gazillion times, so. Bling Craps, the craps game that is all digital except for the dice throwing, is being installed at Harrah's. It is expected to come online after the Super Bowl. See, I'm interested in this. I know mm-hmm. some people are mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I don't like I'm like, no, this sounds interesting to me. Well, yeah, and, so- and I love it, too, because you don't have to worry about stacks of chips getting knocked over. I mean, it seems like the payouts and it everything are going to be faster. It seems a lot more welcoming. Like, it, it's, it's a lot. It, it's, it makes the game friendlier. Yeah. I'm interested to check it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm all over it. They're like, oh, it's going to come up, uh, you know, online after the Super Bowl. Done. (laughs) That sounds so much fun. Frankly, there's a part of me that even wonders if my wife would be involved in doing something like that. I think she likes the interaction of getting to actually throw the dice to 
to roll as it comes to, to playing, but she never necessarily understands why I'm telling her to, to okay, so put, you gotta put some chips down behind your, behind your pass line bet or, you know, the points eight. So you, so put your money out on this, you know, tell them to place the six. Like she doesn't get that part and that mm. makes her a little uncomfortable, but just pushing the dice to her and all she has to do is throw them. This seems super inviting. What That's a, that's a really great way to describe it. Yeah. The Las Vegas Advisor reports that Google's Play Store will finally start allowing iGaming and sports betting apps to be available for download in their store starting March 1st. The app only wor- uh, apps uh, only work in the states that allow said gaming. I don't think I've ever been to Google's Play Store, so I, I don't... Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're all iPhone people we're all on this show. People. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moonshot.com is the place where you can find your favorite vintage Vegas shirts. Incredibly comfortable to wear, available in male and female cuts, multiple colors and sizes, reasonably priced, and cool as hell. Options include this week's featured shirt, Elvis Presley. And not just any Elvis shirt, the concert t-shirt available during his first run of shows at the International in August of 1969. The shirt features Elvis's name in what resembles the oversized can lights Elvis concerts would feature throughout the rest of his life because it was the 70s. But possibly the crown jewel of this shirt is the international logo located on the top dead center of the shirt. Or at least that's what we have a hard time not looking at every time we see this shirt. This and dozens of other vintage Vegas shirts are available at moonshot.com starting at $27. Use the promo code 360Vegas, no spaces, and save 15% off your order. Just go to moonshot.com, that's M-0-0-N-S-H-O-T, or go to the blog 360Vegaspodcast.com and click on the banner for moonshot.com. Flags in the U.S. and Nevada were flown at half-staff February 2nd in honor of recently deceased illusionist and Las Vegas icon Siegfried Fischbacher. There you go. Hope, that's, hope I'm right. Of Siegfried and Roy fame. Yeah, that's I'm R.I.P. Buddy. That's they're they're both gone now. And it's it, again, I you know, so I was thinking about this when Screech died. Listen, I get that cancer got Screech. So perhaps he's a, a, a little bit of an outlier. But guys, it's scaring the shit out of me that people that we grew up with are starting to die off now. And I don't know if you guys have had any of your high school classmates die yet, but I'm like two or three high school classmates down already. I actually just had one pass away this past week, but his story was a little different. So this is a guy that I, I graduated from high school with. We dated in junior high, you know, whatever that is. But this poor guy... A couple years after um, we graduated from high school, got struck by lightning and was basically um, a vegetable. And oh, so this is there, there's a so this has a happy ending is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the amazing thing was his so his mom was his primary caretaker. She died a couple months ago from cancer. Oh, and so now he passed away. So, yeah, his poor sister has got to just be like struggling. Right. But yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit different story because he didn't die necessarily of natural causes. Um but yeah, I mean, just had it kind of happen this week. And when you sort of stop and think about it, like, damn. And yes, and Screech, amazingly, is younger than us. Yeah. Which yeah. is a little disturbing. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he hated that name. So I'm sure that he would he'd hate the fact that everyone's saying, oh, Screech died. So. Right. right. He wants, he, listen, buddy, you had a really rough life post uh, uh, Saved by the Bell. Just love that people are referring yeah, to yeah I, I agree <laughs> i agree you were screech for a while just you're gonna have to let that you're gonna have to live with that well i guess not anymore but <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh is that me yeah, that's you sorry i'm trying to edit less on this so i appreciate if you'd actually <laughs> pay attention i've been doing good up then i gotta pay attention and then i gotta re-listen to the whole show and it's a whole thing Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) An October marijuana bust at a Vegas Strip property led police to find 14 fraudulently obtained debit cards from California's unemployment benefits, totaling $223,000. The man accused pled guilty to charges and faces up to 10 years in prison. (laughs) I like the idea of this guy just going, I did it. Like, as soon as they walked in, it was me. (laughs) Well, it's kind of hard to, you know, dispute it when you've got... 
10 debit cards there. Right. Well, hang on. I'm going to I'm going to do some uh, math real quick here because we've got 14 fraudulent cards divided by $223,000. I mean, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but doesn't it seem like $15,928, so let's just round up and make it an even $16,000. Per card. $16,000 yeah. per debit card in unemployment benefits. Yeah. Again, I would not want to try to live in Nevada, or excuse me, California, on $16,000 in unemployment. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> but I'm also trying to put in perspective, that's a lot of money. And, and you're just sitting around like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so here's how I'm going to sp- how I'm going to buy this marijuana. Right. This, this, can I, may I please use my California unemployment benefits? <laughs> Which like, I'm yes, pretty sir. sure you Excuse can't. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I think the marijuana bust was what, it, like, they, they happened to find these unemployment cards because they busted him for marijuana. Right. Yes, that's so what it wasn't, I said. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like he was u- trying to use the, the unemployment cards to... Like, that wasn't the main thing they were focusing on. They just happened to find it when right. they busted him for right. the marijuana. Yeah. That's bad fucking luck right there. <laughs> well, if you don't have, you know, 14 My fraudulent cards. guess probably would have gotten less jail time for the marijuana than he would, than he will for the uh, uh, unemployment benefits. Oh, most likely. Yeah. Tillman Fertitta, owner of Landry Food Group and Golden Nugget, have merged the two entities with plans to take the pump the company public once again. The company? You got you got there. Don't yeah. worry. Landry's use uh, Landry's used to be a public company, but was taken private in 2010 because Fertitta didn't think that the public market valued the company high enough. The new company is projected value has a projected value of 6.6 billion dollars. Yeah, I think they own Rainforest Cafe. I think they you've do, got yeah. six point six a little too. Uh, you're a little too high and mighty there. Kid. They <laughs> own a ton of brands. They own Bubba Gump. They own, um, of course, now my my mind's going blank on all of them. But a lot of the chains that you see, especially in tourist spots, they own. Well, all the restaurants in Golden in, well, Nugget, yeah, they own because he owns Golden Nugget. Right. Well, almost all of them. They don't own Chick Fil A. Right, but yeah, I mean. I, I agree. I don't think it's worth... It's a restaurant company. I don't think it's worth $6.6 billion. Yeah. I think that's a bit generous as well. <laughs> but but let me just say, if if the Reddit folk have decided that that's going to be their next uh, <laughs> investment group, please let me know. <laughs> right. You got to get on the message boards, Tony. You got you to get those on the front end. All right. God, the minute I do, too, they're going to be like, hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Have you heard of Blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yay. I sold my house. Yeah. No. That, that whole thing has been fascinating to watch. And I it keep really has been. I mean, and, and offline, I would love to talk to you as sure. a financial investor to to hear your thoughts on the sort of rant. I mean, I got to imagine it's like buying a lottery ticket or it's got to be like buying. It's, you know, it's a, gambling. A, 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 what they're doing is, is by far gambling. And I, I will. So I've had a lot of people like as you try to explain what shorts are. Like if someone shorts a stock, what does that mean? And mm-hmm. the best way I can explain it is it when you short a stock, it's like you're betting on the don't pass line at a craps table. Absolutely. So, but, but forget you know, even that though. I mean, I'm not even looking to necessarily don't or, you know, don't something <laughs> to short something. I just want to know what the fuck are they going to pick next, just so that I can get in before oh yeah. everybody or as everybody's starting to buy. Shit, if I would have actually believed the rumors that silver was going to be the next thing that they were all going to jump onto, <laughs> I should have bought some silver. That's yeah. It's oh, it's gambling. So, I know, right? I'm fine with it. I don't mind gambling at all. I will do it. I guess my only concern, of course, would be if I can't sell it while it's still at its high peak. You got to know when to get in and when to get out. A new plan from Clark County Commission hopes to bring business back to 50% capacity across Nevada by uh, by March 1st. Yeah, Karen didn't read the show notes again. She spoiled this one for you. (laughs) Nah, she didn't. She she teased it. She teased it. She teased it. Because because a plan actually hasn't been revealed just yet. But so nobody really. So ev- really, everyone teased it. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a tease is not something that I am I am usually called. So yeah. oh no way, she's a she's a guaranteed kids. <laughs> <laughs> Only if your name is Mark. <laughs> oh, why I'm going to change my name tomorrow. 
All right. I guess that's going to do it for news and prop bets and all things awkward. <laughs> Let's check the river. So we've got a couple of uh, 360 FHEs this week. This is our opportunity to go out and explore the ever-changing landscape of Las Vegas and share that experience with you. This week, you went out and explored uh, Andiamo's and Hell's Kitchen. So starting with Andiamo's, why don't you tell us about your first-hand experience? And so for those of you that don't know, Andiamo's is at the D. Uh, it's at the. It's on the second floor of the D. Uh, it's their, actually their only dining option anymore. But they still have the hot dog place. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Downstairs. I forgot right. about the hot dogs. Then. But anyways, it's their fine dining option. Uh, we ended up going with a couple of friends. And Karen, do you remember what you got when you went there? I did. I got the Caesar, um, okay. which I was looking forward to because I've gotten their Caesar before and they prepare it table side and it's delicious. Well, they used to prepare table side. Right. So now with the pandemic, it is not prepared at the table side anymore. It's in the kitchen and they brought it out, but it was still delicious. And then I got um, the filet, mm-hmm. uh, which I had a little bit of a disagreement with my waiter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. So, and I know like some meat eaters are, are you know, telling me, are going to tell me that I eat my steak the wrong way anyways, but I like my steaks medium well. And typically in a restaurant, if you order medium well, they will ask you if they can butterfly it. And my response is no, because a good steakhouse can do a medium well steak, medium well filet as is, right? So the waiter didn't ask. And I thought, oh, good. You know, this is going to be delicious. So he brings it out, and they had butterflied the steak in the kitchen. Um, now, the steak was still delicious. It was tender. It was flavorful. It was all of that. But it's disappointing to see it. because yeah, they, they didn't ask. They didn't ask. And quite honestly, it, was, um, it wasn't even medium well. It was well because there was no pink hmm. through the middle. Now, again, it was still tender, but it wasn't medium well. Um, and I wasn't going to say anything and then towards the end of the meal they're boxing up some leftovers for us and I told the waiter I said hey I was just really disappointed that you know I ordered my steak medium well and usually you guys have asked me whether or not to butterfly it and you didn't ask and I would have told you no and he said um, oh no that's the only way you can get a medium well steak here is if you butterfly it and I said okay well that's new he goes no it's always been that way I said well no it hasn't because I've gotten a medium well steak here before and it wasn't butterfly so I had a little bit of a disagreement with my waiter. I was not impressed with him. He he um he had an attitude. I just felt like like he was he was he kinda, was a bit grumpy. He was kind of snotty, um, which was disappointing. Now the food again was delicious, uh, and we had a great time. You know the company made it even better. Yeah, for the record, I had a caprese salad and a shrimp scampi and garlic lemon butter sauce. Uh, and we Which is pretty good. I had a bite of that pasta. It was delicious. Yeah, I agree. It was really good. It was like forty bucks. The uh, caprese salad was sixteen. Do you remember how much your your steak I was? I don't. I don't remember. And I did get it Oscar style. And it was we had we had a conversation about it because to add Oscar style on the steak was a twenty eight dollar upcharge. Wow. And Brian was like, that seems excessive. But it came out this beautiful, huge solid piece of Alaskan king crab meat huh. that was just absolutely delicious. So, no, it was totally worth it. Yeah. And then we got the, the um, oven roasted potatoes, by the way, are delicious if you ever get them. And then we also, of course, got asparagus because you got to get asparagus. Yeah, I only mentioned the prices because uh, I felt that these, that, that the food fit the prices. Like, it was 16 for that caprese salad. That was a $16 caprese salad. It was it was huge. And the and the shrimp scampi being 40 bucks, I'm like, yeah, that, that plate, that was, that was $40 worth of linguine. Yeah. That's great. So, it, the food was I, yummy. Like I said, the waiter was, our waiter was a little surly. But that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. I've, I've, I've eaten there two times, maybe three. I've, I've always had wonderful service. Oh, yeah. I mean, really and truly. Because that's the thing about Vegas, right? Like, I can get a, a somewhat overpriced piece of meat wherever I go. <laughs> but what makes you really appreciate and enjoy it and go back to the place is the service. And to have somebody who's a little surly with you takes away from the overall experience and I'm, I'm saddened to hear that. That's, yeah. that's unfortunate. But I do I, have to I, give them props. The cocktail service was yes. was so ridiculously fast. Oh, it just it <laughs> came out like literally, you know, we ordered cocktails and within a minute they were at the table 
it was so fast, um, which was awesome. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I love Andiamo's. It's one of, I think, one of the two better fine dining options downtown. Mm-hmm. So, I want to make that clear. Just, I, I think, I don't know if I caught the waiter on a bad night or something, but. That's fair. That's fair. We, we all have bad days. I, I, I will give him that, but that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate because for those prices, uh, he, you know, he makes his money off from people having a good experience. Right. So right. why you would never be anything other than like fall all over yourself, uh, uh, kind to the people who at the end of the day, truly provide you your paycheck. I'll never understand that either, but I, I will be. Oh, the first I'll, still, I'll still go back to Andiamo's. I mean, don't worry. This hasn't, oh, yeah. I, oh, I would never yeah. tell anybody not to go because it's delicious. So. Yep. I gotcha. And then also you guys went to hell's kitchen. I can't this believe we did hell's. both of these this week. I know. <laughs> oh, I've got, I'm going to have some good ones for next show. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, so got to thank, again, uh, Michael from Travels Work. He was in town and invited us out, and uh, we know he's a big fan of of uh, Hell's Kitchen, and so we decided to go there. Um, I got the Caesar salad. To, well, so I ended up getting their one of their price-fix menus with a wine pairing. That's right. Because you got three courses plus the wine for $125, um, and if we would have done it a la carte. So I got the Caesar salad, which is $20 on the menu. Might let that sink in. $20 for a Caesar salad. Um, I did get the beef Wellington, which is 63 individually. Mm. And then um, it came with a sticky toffee pudding, um, which I don't remember how much that one is off the top of my head. I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, the whole price fix with the wine pairing was 125 So it just, mm. I mean, it just made sense. And I got to sure. try more stuff. So um, it... It is one of the more expensive restaurants I've seen. Like, and I was looking at the prices online. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I got the eight ounce filet for 50 bucks and the smoked Gouda baked mac and cheese for $14. Which that mac and cheese is delicious. See, I thought it was a bit strong. Really? Yeah. Uh, it could be because it's the smoked Gouda. That does have a very strong flavor to it. Right. I mean, it's maybe true. maybe needed something simple like just some pepper or salt or something like that. But Oh, and it had the beautiful, like, crusty melted cheese on top. Now, that oh. was really good. That was good. That was really good. Um, the steak was, it was good. I mean, I guess it was, I've, I've had more expensive steaks before. Um, I would say that this was about a $50 steak. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get a chance to try a bite of that. I, I will say that the Caesar um, was not my favorite. Um, oh, why? I, what it about just, it? Uh, the, I don't know. The flavor was just off. I don't know. I've been on a Caesar salad kick lately. So especially <laughs> like when it. they, yeah, I, mean, I don't know why, but it just sounded really good. And uh, again, Andiamo's is delicious. It's fantastic. And so maybe it's because I just had that um, like the weekend before that... I don't know. This one just wasn't, it didn't have enough of, this is going to sound weird, of like the anchovy flavor that you want to get with a Caesar dressing. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, And then I did get the Beef Wellington. I I do have to say this is the second time in my life that I've tried Beef Wellington, and I have just come to the realization that I don't like Beef Wellington. (laughs) I don't don't know why. Um, But I did, you know, I I ate like half of it there and brought the rest home, and that steak heated up pretty nicely. Um, (laughs) For leftovers, so that was pretty good. But uh, the service was phenomenal. Our waiter, and it was funny because from where I was sitting, I could kind of see him checking out the table and trying to figure out when to stop by, and he was very aware of conversation and trying not to come over to, like, interrupt in the middle Mm. of it. But That's awesome. Yeah, they were, the service was was spot on phenomenal. Um, I, I I don't know that I have a need to go back to Hell's Kitchen. I think if I want to yeah, drop that I kind agree. of money. It's, it's not on my, my list of places to go and, and do again. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad we finally tried it. And I, I do still want to try um, Gordon Ramsay steak. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be a good comparison to you to see if this steak is any different at Gordon Ramsay steak versus yeah. Hell's Kitchen. Right, exactly. Oh, that's fascinating. Uh, so my wife and I have been to um, Gordon Ramsay steak, but we've not yet been to Hell's Kitchen. I can tell you... Uh, Gordon Ramsay's steak is known for its beef Wellington. So I ordered it because it was known for its beef Wellington. And my wife, as is usually the case, ordered the filet mignon. Halfway through our respective meals, we swapped because we weren't in love with what 
we had ordered really? what we were eating. Yeah. And we loved <laughs> the other person's meal. Well, that's so awesome. my wife, who is usually a tried and true, just give me a nice medium uh, filet mignon right in front of me. I want it as big as you know I can sit on. Right. Was disappointed with it. And I devoured it. And yet the flaming or um, uh, beef Wellington that I had ordered, I just, I wasn't impressed. I didn't care for the flavors. She just mowed through it. So awesome. I, I, I only share that with you guys <laughs> just to say you should give it a try, but I would really love to hear what your, your thoughts are after you experienced, you know, hell's kitchen right. to what you you found out from, from um, uh, Gordon Ramsay steak. Well, right. It's on the to-do list. Good. So. Good. Good. And then finally, and this is always my favorite part when we get one of these, we've got some uh, listener feedback. As a matter of fact, an email from, oh, you already prepped me, Karen, Lytton Adams. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's my guess on how it's pronounced. Mr. Lytton Adams, uh, titled Greetings from Canada. What do you have to say? So he says, hey, guys, just want to thank you for all your efforts. Despite the risk of sounding like a victim of parasocial interaction where I am delusional and think that I actually have a friendship with people I've never met, I can't say enough how much I enjoy the show every week. I adore Karen's pursuit of magical dining experiences, Tony's love of cocktails, and general apathy to sobriety of any kind. And Twit Pick of the Week would be my favorite thing on the internet. Please keep it up, Lytton. Oh, that's very kind. Thank yes, you. Thank you. That was that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, there was there was more to the uh, to the email that that I just kept for myself. Oh, okay. It, it was it was uh, it was great. <laughs> so so maybe he does actually have a friend, and he's not just a you know victim <laughs> of parasocial interactions. Yes, we sh- we, we shared a, a, a moment. Uh oh! Now I want to know what this moment is. I'll have to investigate <laughs> afterwards. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little inquisitive <laughs> myself, but no way. I I get it. I really do. I um listen. I, I've said this from the very beginning. I've I've never been shy about it. I was a listener. I was a fan, <laughs> and I was lucky enough to get to meet you guys way way years years before I ever even was even thought of or conceptually you know, would have thought of being a, a, a co-host on this, on the show. <laughs> you do, you do you every, you know, you listen to these podcasts that are out there and there are lots of really great Vegas podcasts out there yep. and everybody has their own personality style and everybody brings a little different, um, perspective to, to a podcast on Vegas. And, and I, I don't think for the, uh, one second that we're necessarily your most favorite, but it'd be okay if you said we were, <laughs> but you're right you do kind of become friends with these people. I mean, we give a, a, I say we, Mark, Karen, I give a little bit of who we are every single week to a podcast where we just talk about, Oh, this is us. I mean, if if you're, if this is like a conversation of three friends sitting around talking about Vegas. So what you're hearing is us. I mean, this is our personalities. It's not, (laughs) this is not an act, which, which we had somebody show up at a, at a Vegas vacation once and just said, I want to see if like all of this is real. And I was so offended by that. I was mad. <laughs> I mean, think we right. put on an act every week. So, yeah. um, no way it, this is, and, and frankly, you know, I, I'm, I keep thinking back to when we were all at Eureka restaurant together, the four of us, and we were sitting there and we had that wonderful problem of, uh, what we've, you know, henceforth determined or, or, or called, uh, uh, milk and cereal right. where everybody had a cocktail at some degree of either hundred percent empty, 75% empty, 25% empty or hundred percent empty. And so we just couldn't ever get out of On the same page. It was like a vicious cycle. Yes. It was a great problem to have. The conversation that was had was stellar. I mean, absolutely just outstanding. We laughed about so many things. We told stories about our marriages and, and, <laughs> and our individual quirks and, you know, just, just such we had cross conversations going. And yeah, it was truly, really, and truly. <laughs> so uh, when, when Karen says that this podcast is, is, is effectively what it's like for Mark and Tony and Karen and, and his wife to the four of us to be together and just bullshit about life. It's absolutely true. Karen's not making that up. We just legitimately <laughs> love each other's company and we have so much fun and we mock each other like we mock each other on this podcast. We'll mock each other oh, in, in real life and it is totally 
fun and and from the heart. It's it's just any rate. Thank you. That is such a, a kind thing to say. Although my general apathy towards sobriety of any kind, I think we need to talk about that. I mean, not this podcast, of course. But well, and I was going to say, Litton, hopefully, you know, one of these times, if, if when the border opens back up, opens back up, and you're able to get to Vegas, hey, let us know because you know we have met. Um, some amazing people, Tony included, who are listeners of the show, and they very quickly become fast friends. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. But we'd also just, you know, love. We appreciate folks that listen. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out. You know, when you're in town. Now we can't guarantee that we're going to be able to make it work with our schedules, but uh, if we can, you know, we love to meet new people. Agree. Well, all right then, gang. If that's it. And it sounds like it is. That'll do it for episode number. I, I always see this is what I do, gang. I always for the listener at home, unless Mark edits out the uh, the little pause. I always try to give everybody one last chance because I worry that I'm going to just step over <laughs> a comment that somebody's got. But that'll do it for episode number 355. Thank you for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas. And you can get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap a logo on. We do that at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to be like our buddy Linton Adams and send us some feedback written or audio, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360 Vegas Tony. Karen. I am at 360 Vegas Karen. He just told you where you can find me, so until next time. Yeah.